0: It's time for the give-me zone on the ref. 11. Now this is a 12, guys. Now he's got to start
1: worrying about qualifying for next year's Open in the Masters. Here, He's lost this tournament. He'll end up
0: selling Countess sparatized and renting golf carts the rest of his life. We're talking PGA, college, high school, local courses, and the latest golf news. I bet you slice into the woods a hundred bucks. Gambling is illegal at Bushwood, sir, and I never slice. Yeah. Okay, you can open. And now it's time for two tremendous slouches. Well, we're waiting. Brian Vineyard and Josh Elmer.
2: the major championships good morning everybody welcome in it is the gimme zone josh elmer alongside brian vineyard and you know for for golf diehards the name at the top of the board and the fact that he's clear the way that he is okay that part might be surprising but brian Harmon at the at the top of the board is probably not the it's not a total shock Two golf diehards. To everybody else, though, okay, yeah, it's 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 a little bit shocking that Brian Harmon has played as as well as he has. But we're here. It's moving day from Royal Liverpool, and it is not uh, not one of the heavyweight names at the top of the board right now. Five shots clear. No, it it is Brian Harmon. That's ten under par. Though uh, you you've got one name in particular lurking that uh, probably. Brian, myself, and and a bunch of other folks would have earmarked Tommy Fleetwood, the Englishman, you would have thought. uh, Not not shocking to see him play well in an Open Championship. And who knows, 36 uh, great holes from Tommy Fleetwood, maybe he goes on and wins his first major championship. But uh, a bunch of storylines to break down as we uh, peruse the board that's uh, evolving as we speak. Moving day, of course, in an Open Championship. It's already underway, so we'll get you covered all morning long. But uh, first things first, Brian
0: my friend. Good morning. Good morning, Josh. What a day who, you know, what's better than doing a golf show watching golf.
2: It's pretty sweet, isn't it? The, the open championship. I love it. And, you know, before we dive into uh, all of the different storylines and, you know, a couple of those that are, I think pretty interesting is just, who's not playing this morning, but uh, I just love the open championship. I It's, I don't know. I know, a lot of people are partial to the Masters, and, and, and I definitely enjoy the Masters. The the U.S. Open, not necessarily how Los Angeles Country Club played this year, but when uh, when the U.S. Open, those scorecards get a little bloody. <laughs> I, I enjoy that, but there's something about the Open Championship. I don't know if it's waking up and uh, major championship golf is, is on as soon as you wake up in the morning or something about, like, this week. I mean, the pot bunkers. You got to avoid them, right? So punitive. There's something magical to me about the Open Championship, and uh, I just love it every year, Brian.
0: Josh, I'm with you. Link-style golf is outstanding because we don't see enough of it. Fortunately, some of the, the higher-end resorts that have been built in the last 20 years have incorporated Link-style golf, You know, such as and Dunes and Pacific uh, – or uh, Whistling Straits, some of those uh, – but but the punitive damage of hitting those pot bunkers and all the humps and bumps that make it a little bit unnatural—not just everything perfect—lie is what I love about links style golf. Plus, starting early is the just the bonus.
2: Well, and, and we saw several several big names, uh, even Fleetwood late. I, I think it was sixteen that uh, both he and Scheffler wound up in that bunker, and there's nothing you could do but just sort of take it out to the side. And uh, Fitzpatrick, obviously, he made a, an absolute mess out of one of the bunkers yesterday. So, it uh, in a tournament like this, if, if Amen's corner is what you got to get through in the, the Masters to go win it, then, I mean, to me, a lot of these holes out here at this Open Championship at Royal Liverpool, I mean, there could be danger lurking at every turn, Brian.
0: Yeah, think about... You know, when you mentioned the bunkers, think about Scotty Scheffler. You know, undoubtedly world number one, right? He was in the bunker on 18 and had to get it up and down yesterday to make birdie, to make the cut. And he hits it, and it hits a good part of the top lip of the bunker, and probably eight times out of ten it comes back right in the bunker. No, it skips forward right by the flag. He has a tap-in birdie to make the cut. You very easily could have missed the cut. That's, that's the beauty of, of these bunkers. And what I, I do think there's a lot of holes out there that might look to be birdie holes, but all it takes is a little bit offline and you get one of those pot bunkers and that birdie becomes a bogey or double really quick. And, you know, I, what I like about the setup here coming in is you got a couple of par fives in the last few holes. And then you've got that diabolical little par three that's 120. And it's got the little tiny green that runs off from all four sides. What would you think on the scorecard should be an easy hole? No, no, no. It's very tough hole because 120 is an odd number for these players. It's less than a full wedge. They're trying to hit a knockdown shot to keep it under the wind. And, you know, what a great hole. You don't, you know, some of the – I forget who was that said it, it – you know, I think it's Patrick Reed that said it's stupid to have 300-yard you know, par threes now is what they're trying to do on a lot of these courses, make them longer and longer and longer. He said you're gonna have a great short hole, and this is a fantastic example of it as number 17.
2: Well, you know, probably the biggest story this weekend, and definitely for today, we'll see how moving day ultimately unfolds. Probably the biggest question is can, can Brian Harmon hold on to win this thing, right? I mean, is uh, – you know, on paper, it's almost – he could par out and maybe go win this championship. Though, there's noise happening on the course as we speak. John Rahm is uh, five under for his round. Ricky Fowler has has posted a four under, as has Patrick Cantlay. So, let's see. Uh, Shoffley's still on the course. He's three under par. Corey Connors is three under par. Fitzpatrick uh, – That's Alex Fitzpatrick, not Matthew Fitzpatrick. He's 3 Brother, by the way. That's right. That's right. So there's scores to be had out there, Brian. But, uh, I mean, the, the big question today is going to be, can Brian Harmon, can he add to his lead? Can he do this thing? I mean, what does he need to go do to win this thing? And we'll certainly dive into that. But before we do, who strikes you as, hey, it's shocking that we're not watching them this morning?
0: Well, there's a list. And, you know, the ones that I'm most shocked about is Colin Morikawa and Tony Finau would be my two. I'm really surprised those two did not play better. They both missed the cut. Um, You know, really disappointing for Colin. I I feel like he has really not had a great year. Your thoughts. Who who shocks you?
2: Well, I think uh, each of those two names, yes, are good ones. And... Definitely Morikawa is surprising because he just played so well in in Detroit. I mean, Fowler picks up his first win in four years, but he had to do it over, well, one of the two parties in the playoff was Colin Morikawa. And so you kind of thought, okay, well, you know, lo and behold, Morikawa in that playoff, everybody was trying to break uh, a long, hasn't one drought. And I would have probably not guessed that it had almost been two years for Morikawa in that playoff, but you, you see him in the playoff, he doesn't quite get it done, and yet you think, okay, well, that's that's obviously a good sign, and then you don't follow it up in uh, in this major championship. final I mean, when do we start? I, to me, it's probably time now, but when do we start the, is it time to get concerned about him actually winning a major championship? It's got to be now, right?
0: Yeah, he's been there a, a lot and had a lot of uh... – you know, entrance into these majors and really not done much with them. And so, you know, is he going to go down as one of those guys that's going to win 10, 15, 20 golf tournaments on the tour? but never a major. I mean, the guy's got a fantastic game. His, you know, mentality on the golf course is so even keel. You would really think that he would would shine in these, but yet he's yet to do it.
2: The other name that I will not qualify as – surprising, but, uh, you know, definitely is notable. Uh, what What's going on with our man, Justin Thomas?
0: Boy, not playing well at all, but yet he's got the audacity when somebody asks him about Ryder Cup to say, well, Zach Johnson should look at my resume. It speaks for itself. Well, hey, fella, let me tell you something how this works. It's how you're playing Now is what matters, because the Ryder Cup is in, you know, what, eight weeks or seven weeks, whatever it is. I don't care how you played two years ago or a decade ago. How are you playing now when you're representing our country trying to beat Europe? Sure. Yeah, I mean,
2: it's – and for Zach Johnson, that's a tough thing to balance, right? I I hear what Justin Thomas is saying, which is, look – multiple time major champion, my great stuff. They know what's in the bag. And yet we just saw you in round one, shoot 11 over. So, yeah, I mean, that's a tough thing to say that, yeah, that's, that's a captain's pick.
0: Yeah. And I think uh, there's two other names as we're kind of, you know, talking about the Ryder cup potential a lot that I think really hurt themselves this weekend uh, can't leave off Dustin Johnson. What a disappointment. You know, seventy four, eighty one. I felt like it started going bad for him yesterday, and he just mailed it in and kind of went through the motions on the course. Not sure he gave – not sure I'd qualify that as his best effort. And then I think Taylor Gooch not making the cut probably is going to be used against him by Zach Johnson in, in a captain's pick format.
2: Yeah, unfortunately, right, uh, has had this – this great year, but uh, don't play well in this Open Championship, and it's sort of an easy, easy out.
0: Yeah, it does. It gives Zach, Zach, a, you know, an easy out, which he's going to be looking for with some of these live names. But you know, Patrick Reed's quietly making a case. Maybe I should be a captain's pick, right?
2: Sure. Not
0: one sure. a lot of events, but steady Eddie and playing well in the majors.
2: Yeah. Well, the, the leaderboard itself is uh, evolving as we speak. There's uh, some, some pretty interesting names toward the top of this leaderboard. And, of course, uh, again, the, the big question, I think, is what about Mr. Harmon? Is he going to be able to deliver the goods over the course of this weekend? So let's dive into all of it. We're just underway. It's the Gimme Zone right here. A moving day from Royal Liverpool on the RAF. About a half hour from now, Jordan Spieth teeing off and about 10 minutes or so from now, Rory McIlroy and Max Homa will be teeing off at Royal Liverpool. And of course, the last time a major championship was played here at Royal Liverpool, it was Rory McIlroy back in 2014 that went and won this golf tournament, but uh, he like... Many of the folks uh, about to tee off right now. Not saying it's impossible, but uh, he's certainly got some ground to make up nine shots off the lead. But here he comes, uh, Rory McIlroy alongside Max Homa. They're the next next pairing to tee off here on moving day. So we're starting to get to the good stuff, Brian. Uh, A lot of the big names that folks want to watch, they're about to hit the course as we speak.
0: Well, Josh, I was all prepared to tell you how disappointed I was in the way John Rahm has played. And then lo and behold, he's out there on the course lighting it up, got a couple of par fives in front of him. So, hey, he could post a really low number, and he's moved himself so far up the board that there's not very many folks in between him and the leader. And speaking of the leader, Josh, Brian Harmon, I think a lot of people that are casual golf fans are surprised. The folks that watch a lot of golf are not. Because he's been playing some phenomenal golf, hits a nice low ball, hits it really straight. I mean, I think if he shoots even par on the weekend, he's going to win the golf tournament. What what, what do you think?
2: Uh, Yeah, I I mean, I think he's got a great chance. Uh, Fleetwood would be the guy that, uh, you know, over the course of two days, sure, I I could see combining for what – Sixty-eight, sixty-nine, and that's five under par, and all of a sudden you're tied in in a playoff, or uh, you shoot six under par combined, and and you go win the tournament. If Harmon's just even par, but uh, it's also it's not crazy to envision that it's going to be hard for for Harmon to go shoot five or six under par combined over the next couple of days because the pressure in that final pairing, right, a little bit different than uh, what John Rahm and some of these early early uh, folks teeing off what they're dealing with, where you can just go try to post a score.
0: Yeah, I agree. uh, Today I think is going to tell us a lot, Josh, because if he comes out and throws up on himself a little bit today, he's going to let a lot of people back in. The other thing that you have to consider is how the weather can change on a dime over there. So far the conditions have been far better than what they initially talked about, which you know we haven't had as much wind, and we certainly haven't had the amount of rain that they were originally talking about. And so, if these leaders go off and the weather turns rainy, it could add a whole other dynamic to everything.
2: Is this major championship over? You know, not not to not to dilute the excitement of the next what hour and thirty-seven. 37- odd minutes here, uh, on this, uh, program here, but that's the question I think people are asking is should, should I keep watching, right? Is this thing over? I saw a lot of people having that conversation yesterday. I don't think it is, but, uh, where do you stand in that regard?
0: No, it's not. If, if Tiger Woods were in the lead, I would say yes, but we don't have Tiger Woods in the lead. We've got Brian Harmon. So, and, It adds a lot of pressure when he looks up and sees a guy like John Rahm making this big run at him. And so I think that adds some uh, pressure to him.
2: How about these numbers right here? This – maybe this will change your opinion a little bit. This is uh, from the PGA Tours uh, communications department. They tweeted this out yesterday. Brian Harmon holds a five-stroke lead at the Open Championship – becoming the, just the ninth player in the last 40 years to hold a 36-hole lead of five strokes or more in a major championship. Each of the previous eight went on to win.
0: I saw that stat as well, Josh, and that's a great stat. But if you dive into who those players were, I think it probably gives you a little bit, sheds a little more light onto it than just the stat itself, right?
2: sure and i've got the list if you want to hear it
0: yeah let's go over that list nick price
2: 1994 pga championship led by five he won tiger woods 2000 u.s open led by six he won louis oosthuizen 2010 open championship led by 5-1, Rory McIlroy, 2011 U.S. Open, led by 6-1, Martin Keimer, 2014 U.S. Open, led by 6 at Pinehurst and 1, Jordan Spieth in the Masters, 2015 led by 5-1, Brooks Kepka by 7 in the 2019 PGA Championship, he won, and of course, uh, Scotty Scheffler, last year at the uh, Masters, led by five, and went on to win. So, yeah, I mean, there's uh, there's some big-time names, right, in the sport. The, the bulk of those names, you would say, are, are all-time names.
0: Well, I think you've just proved my point. Seven of those guys are going to be in the World Golf Hall of Fame at some point.
2: And so, who, who would be the name that, that, that is not, Keimer?
0: Keimer, yeah. So, you're talking about some of the all-time greats versus Brian Harmon. Not, no, not that Brian Harmon ha- hasn't had a good career. He has, and he was a very decorated amateur. However, he's not Nick Price, Rory McIlroy, or any of those names, right? No, so, he, he's not. I, I still say prove it to me, and today is when he proves it.
2: No doubt. And if things go sideways, then... I mean, it really it's it's really that simple, isn't it? If if Harmon stays put or goes backwards, okay, brand new ball game. If he's won, and maybe even if he stays put, uh, you know that might not be doing par justice for Brian Harmon. But if he stays put or goes one or even two under, I mean, maybe he's won this thing, Brian.
0: Well, if he stays put, uh, he's in great shape. So long as. Straka or Fleetwood or some of those guys that are a little bit closer. Don't make a run at him today. Just think about it. We had a, you know, we had a bit of a meltdown last year as well in the final round. So it's not out of the question for that to happen.
2: So Brian Harmon at the 2017 U.S. Open co-led after 36 and then led by one going into the final round. And uh, of course, he, he didn't win that week, and it was Brooks Kepka that, uh, that won. You know who was in second that weekend? Oh, was it Rory again? Tommy Fleetwood, just kind of uh, oh interesting. Your guy and my guy. That's right. That's right. Don't say we didn't, uh, well, we didn't necessarily tell you so last week. We wanted to tell you so, but we, we couldn't buy in. And yet, you know, that's uh, that's an interesting storyline. Fleetwood, maybe we can talk about uh, that next, what it would mean for the Englishman who's, I guess, trying to, right, for the first time in 54 years, be an Englishman to win the Open Championship on English soil.
0: It's a big deal to them. So, yeah, and he's going to have everybody behind him. So, if he, if he can just have a decent round today, and I'd say like 68, and he's within a couple of the lead – Man, I'd have to make him the favorite tomorrow. However, if these leaders backtrack at all, you're letting John Rom and even guy like Ricky Fowler and some of those guys back in the tournament. I mean, I'm just assuming that Rahm finishes his round in good fashion. But
3: uh,
0: you know, yeah, having John Rom hunting you down is a little bit different if uh, if you go backwards at all.
2: Yeah, every everything changes. If if say Fleetwood and Harmon both and if, you know, Harmon, you're probably looking more like 73, 74, where he's multiple shots over par. If that happens, then, yeah, I mean, all, all sorts of those names come back into play. Right now I sort of feel like Fowler is is too far back, but we'll see, right? We'll see it days in. Uh, Brian Harmon, his welcome into the clubhouse. Uh, the uh, 36-hole leader, it sounded like this yesterday.
3: Very pleased to welcome our clubhouse leader to the interview room, Brian Harmon. Um Ryan, that's a fabulous round of uh, six in the par today. It takes you to 10 in the par for the championship. Um, and obviously, just a crowning cherry on the, the cake with the uh, the eagle at the last. Just talk us through how you feel about your round today and, and where that leaves you for the championship. Yeah, I caught a uh, hot putter the last couple of days, so I tried to ride it through the weekend. Um, 36 holes to go, so I just try to rest up and, and get ready. And uh, a great stat to pull out, which is you, you're – Halfway total of 132 matches the lowest in the Open, which was set by two people in 2006 and 2014, Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy, and we know what they did. Um, you must be delighted to be in that position at the halfway stage. Yeah, uh, delighted with how I'm playing. Um, just really focused on getting some rest and and getting after it tomorrow.
2: Yeah, Brian Harmon wasn't totally biting uh, the. Hey, you're you're in the same uh, same position as Tiger Woods or Rory McIlroy. He wasn't uh, he wasn't biting uh, on that. A little bit more from Harmon. This is a couple of minutes, but it's good. Series of questions that followed uh, to the the 36 hole leader. Uh, hey Brian, um, not the first time you've been close to contention at a major. Um, just thinking of like what have you learned from the previous times that you might take into the next couple of days.
3: Um, yeah, just. Just not trying to get too caught up in it and just, you know, it's, it's just golf. You know, I I've, I've probably, I, I think when I held the 54-hole lead at the U.S. Open, I probably, yeah I just probably thought about it too much. Just didn't focus on getting sleep and eating right. And um, so that will be my focus this weekend.
2: And then can you uh, just talk about the Eagle on 18? Because that seems like something where, well, he might have a nice lead. Then
3: it's like, oh, now he might have a really, really nice lead. Yeah, I made two really good pars on 16 and 17. I think that's almost just as important um, to where I felt kind of freed up on 18. And I made two probably my two best swings of the day. And um, it got up there, I don't know, 12, 15 feet for eagle. So just uh, just played a really nice hole. Okay, we'll go to Bob on the left there. Driver, five iron. Bob, far left.
2: Brian, what's been your history with Lynx golf? Did you like it from the beginning? Did it take some getting used to? Uh... You know, how how did that evolve? Uh,
3: Royal Liverpool was my first open championship, 2014. Um, Won the John Deere, got in last minute, had the 4.45 tee time on Friday, finished at 10.15, made the cut, Love the golf. I I, I love the golf over here. I was really excited, and I think I missed four or five cuts in a row coming over here, and and I couldn't figure out why I wasn't playing well. Um, And then the last couple years, I had some good finishes, and just kind of felt like, all right, well, now I, at least I feel like that I love the golf and I'm playing decently over here. So uh, I was excited to kind of come for the Scottish Open the last couple years to try and get over and get adjusted and get ready. So I think that's helped.
2: Well, any issues he's had with Lynx Golf so far, it looks like uh, he's got that part sorted out. And kind of an interesting little detail that his first Open championship was that Royal Liverpool, and who knows? I mean, maybe this is where his first major championship, Brian, is going to wind up being.
0: Yeah, you may be right. I mean, there's two things he's doing really, really well through 36 holes, is he is really putting well, as he noted in his press conference, and I believe the stat is that his miss ratio off the tee, yards off the fairway, is the smallest of anybody in the field. And that's a great stat when there's lots of pot bunkers and, and trouble off the key. So, you know, if he keeps driving it well and putting well, look out. He may end up just winning his first major.
2: Well, his biggest threat, who is it? Let's debate and discuss next. Of course, uh, there's one name that's, by virtue of being closest, in Tommy Fleetwood. That That's an easy uh, easy name to consider. But uh, are there other names on the board to consider? It's the gimme zone, a moving day in a major championship, the final uh, major moving day of 2023. Back with you in a moment. It's the gimme zone on the ref. Rory McIlroy has birdied number one. He is one under, of course, through the uh, first hole of his day. He's two under par for the championship. And just like that, he is uh, eight shots back instead of nine of the lead at Royal Liverpool. One of the uh, big names we'll be following throughout this morning. John Rahm, he has moved his his total for the tournament to three under par for the championship, so he's seven shots off the lead, and I'm watching on the screen right now as uh, Tommy Fleetwood makes his way to the course, and he will get a hero's welcome everywhere he goes. He's the big hometown favorite this week. He's got some ground to make up. And uh, as we pose before the break, is is he the biggest threat to Brian Harmon? Because right now it's sort of Brian Harmon and everybody else, and we shared the stat with you earlier. Each of the last eight 36-hole leaders that led by five strokes or more, well, th- they went on to win that major championship over the, over the past 40 years. Could Brian Harmon be the ninth? We'll see. Tommy Fleetwood right now is the closest. Is he the biggest threat, Brian?
0: Today he is because he's paired with him, and he can put a lot of pressure on Brian Harmon today. However, no offense to Tommy Fleetwood, but he doesn't carry the same swag as somebody like a Tiger or a Rory or a John Rahm when they're coming at you, right? You don't fear Tommy Fleetwood. You fear Tiger Woods. So I would say today – and I would say if if he can get it at 3-under or better today, he's in great shape because he's going to have all the crowd in his corner.
2: Meanwhile, closing up just a second ago, uh, they just showed the birdie putt roll-in for Matthew Fitzpatrick, who carted a nice little round of 4-under par, so something that looked like uh, it was about to get completely sideways yesterday in uh, and, and did in one of those pot bunkers, he's uh, he made the cut and winds up having a really good uh, moving day. So he's two under par for the chip. And again, we'll we'll see it. It all boils down to if Brian Harmon totally blows up. Okay, well then every name right that's uh, under pars back into this thing. But if he's steady, then probably uh, you know you you whittle the list down to what right now. Brian, Tommy Fleetwood, Jason Day is in that mix. Uh, I think going into the start of his round. John Rahm, by virtue of being now at three under par, and we'll see if he can get to four or five by the time his round is done. I would say that he's in the mix. I mean, how many names are, if Harmon plays well, legitimately in the mix for this thing?
0: Oh, if he plays well today and shoots even par or better, I think you're you're narrowing that list down to five or six names. You know, unless somebody comes out of nowhere, I – you know, I think for Rory to get himself in the mix, he's going to have to shoot 130 or 131 on the weekend. You know, 65, 66, 65, 65, you know, unless we just have some god-awful weather tomorrow. Because, you know, I totally expect Brian Harmon to play well. I do not expect him to vomit on himself. I think at worst, he's you know, barring, you know, terrible weather, I think he's going to shoot even par on the weekend.
2: I thought this was pretty cool to uh, start the week. You, you know, you think about Tommy Fleetwood, the Englishman, winning this at Royal Liverpool. the The home crowd, we we've talked about it. They're definitely going to be pulling for him. And you know, he wasn't making uh, any bones about it at the beginning of the week. He was asked what it would mean to him, and it sounded like this.
0: You can you imagine what it's like for what it would be like for you as the home guy on coming down the stretch on Sunday with us local support.
4: Yeah, I've imagined it about a million times probably. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it's um, winning a major is a dream or winning the Open is, is, a, is a huge, huge dream. So um, no matter where that is, that's always something that I've always visualised and always um, thought about. But then again, um, having the opportunity to do it um, so close to where you grew up is something that's very unique and very special. And um, for sure, you know, I've, I've pitched it a lot and uh, visualised it a lot. Um, just haven't done it yet in person. So that's hopefully the next thing.
2: So do you like that or dislike it for Tommy Fleetwood? Because he's he's going to have, right? If he plays well, he's got the crowd behind him. So yay or nay for it's an advantage for Tommy Fleetwood?
0: It's an advantage if you get off to a good start. It's not an advantage uh, if you get off to a shaky start because that just puts even more pressure on you to win at home. So – you know, golf you're never in hostile territory like you can be in a you know college football game or something like that. But uh, you know, I would say that he's got a pretty good mentality, so I expect him to play pretty well.
2: well, it'll be it'll be fun to see what these names on the board start doing. we're We're winding down to where the leaders are about to tee off here in short order. So, let's see, uh, 930, I believe, right, is, uh, is when the leaders will tee off. So, that's when Harmon and Fleetwood for us will go off. And the, the other names, I mean, anybody that's just about to tee off, Cam Young, Jordan Spieth, do you like either of those two to make some noise?
0: I like Cam Young. He played very well last year in the open. I think he likes his style. So, yeah, I like his chances if he gets out. I mean, and he's a guy because he's so long. He can can put up a low number. And so, you know, I like his chances of of any of the guys teeing off right about now. And then, you know, you never can count out Jordan Spieth because he tends to really play well there, you know, in the open.
2: I thought this was kind of interesting. I I, I don't know how much it matters. This is – put this in the category of read too much into media comments but uh <laughs> Jordan Spieth like did not have a positive mindset after he finished up his round yesterday.
3: Uh my goal is to shoot 2 today so um not quite especially at the turn. Um but I hit some really nice shots. Um you know, I felt like I I didn't miss a shot on the par 5s and I played them even which is really odd. It just um but uh, a couple tough breaks and bunkers, but that's going to happen out here. So just would have missed a couple putts, you know, around the turn on nine and 10, and then second guessed a couple lines. And so I kind of felt like I lost a few on the greens that I had yesterday. I felt like I played as well or better than yesterday, but um, needed to really post a score. I mean, I understand a lot can happen in an open, but eight shots is a lot of shots to spot, um, you know, a, a player who's playing really well. I would describe that
2: as keeping it real, Brian.
0: Keeping it real and didn't sound like he's just oozing with confidence, you know. I felt like he was really dejected. But, you know, he brought up something that I think's worth discussing is as you talk about the bunker situation, you're I mean, you're going to get in bunkers. The key, I think, is to not have a disaster when you get in the bunkers, i.e., you can keep it to a bogey or find a way to make par versus having another, you know, a double or triple.
2: And that goes for anybody toward the top of the board, right? Just don't let that, yes, turn into a double or triple. And we saw with – Fitzpatrick I think is the the big example this week that oh my goodness it it can happen in a hurry to you you get in one of those bunkers oh my gosh you can you can wind up in a world of hurt very quickly another name that uh is is in the mix at this major championship has been playing well has been playing well all season long and we'll see if Jason Day can can be a factor in this thing Brian I think we have you back here We'll see if Jason Day can be a factor in this thing. Three under par, so he is in the mix. How much stock, or maybe we talk about it on the other side, how much stock are you putting into Jason Day in this championship?
0: Well, I like Jason Day a lot, so I would love to see him play well. He just had the trouble putting four rounds together this year other than a couple of events, and so – if Jason Day can have a nice round today, he's a guy that can't, could still win the golf tournament. Um, you know, and the the other guy that you and I have discussed said so we've got to see it to believe it. How about our U.S. Open champion playing pretty well?
2: Absolutely, yeah, playing uh, playing really well, playing really well. The uh, the board again. It looks like this. By the way, John Rahm has just added another birdie. So he is, let's see here, tied third and several shots off the lead. He is six shots off the lead. He's also six under par right now. And 18, uh, could 18 be an eagle hole for John Rom? It, it could, right? Definitely could be a birdie hole for John Rom. so he is uh, making some noise. We'll take a timeout, close up hour number one. Don't forget uh, Mike Steely, our resident major championship expert he'll join us at the top of next hour to uh, break all of this down it's the gimme zone right here on the ref
4: tissue that I wish you saw Side captain, Mr. close your eyes and i'll kiss you because with the
2: birds the closing up hour number with one the it's the shed, gimme zone right, right here on the ref josh elmer alongside brian vineyard morning everybody happy moving day our final major championship moving day of 2023 you mentioned it and not to gloss over it yeah we've got our U.S. Open champion Wyndham Clark one under for the championship just getting started here in his third round even par through four so I mean how much stock do you put in to the the U.S. Open champion Wyndham Clark
0: you know, I don't think he's going to be able to come back and win the tournament, but, but I am impressed that he's continued to play well and it wasn't just a one-tournament wonder. So, to me, that's an impressive stat. If he could uh, finish at even par or better for this tournament, I would say it was successful for him and kind of cemented himself as maybe this guy could be a force going forward.
2: We mentioned Jason Day, who is three under par for the open and here were his comments after his second round and heading into moving day.
4: I'd say it's okay for now. Um, I think it's just hard to, to tell what kind of weather we're going to get, but from what I understand and what I've been hearing, I think we're going to get some pretty awful weather, weather tomorrow. Um, but I was just saying earlier that it, it is the Open Championship, so it's if we do get some... Pretty average weather it it'll bring a lot of guys back into the in you know or at least give them a chance at you know shooting up the leaderboard pretty quick on on you know tomorrow's round and then obviously sunday as well so it'll i'm looking forward to it i think it's <laughs> i'm looking at the leaderboard right now as we speak and um i mean brian played unbelievable golf to shoot 10 under through two rounds i mean it was really difficult conditions today so um a lot of uh, a lot of pressure on on Brian right now to kind of extend that lead, but um, there's a lot of good players there right now that are trying to catch him.
0: Is that a little
2: gamesmanship, by the way, at the end there?
0: Oh, I'm glad you brought that up, Josh, because I was getting ready to say the same thing. I think that's a veteran telling a guy, "Hey, you're in a place that you're not comfortable with. Don't let that don't let that bother you any." But,
2: you know, I kinda, right? I love
0: it. I kind of think. A J- golf smack talk.
2: I kind of think Jordan Spieth was doing that a little bit, too.
0: Yeah, playing coy, like, oh, I really don't have a chance. I left too many out there today. You know what I want to see? This isn't the thing I'm most disappointed about so far in this Open Championship. The weather's been too good. I want to see the weather turn terrible on these guys today and tomorrow because it's it, that alone would bring a lot of people back into into the uh the mix
2: well and like jason day was saying i mean who knows what it's going to bring and if it's one way then okay then everybody's back in it if it's uh clear which right now judging based on what we've seen looks like it's uh, i mean it's obviously scorable guys are going out there and birdieing holes left and right and i mean there's not a bunch of wind it doesn't look like it's not rainy so Right now, you'd have to say the the weather component it's uh it's not altogether imposing. Not to say that hey it, it couldn't change on a whim, but uh, I mean right now it looks scoreable.
0: Oh, it does. Um, but it, it could change, and I'm pulling up the forecast here just to see what it may be. Yeah, it looks like the chance of rain has gone down, so it's. Literally only 15% today, whereas earlier in the week it was 80 to 85% on Saturday. But how great would it be if the winds kicked up and it rained, and then all of a sudden you've got John Rahm three or four back, you know, going into tomorrow? You have a, a totally different feel on this tournament, wouldn't you? Oh,
2: it'd be great. It would be fantastic. Speeth, by the way, a birdie putt slides by on number one. So Speeth will have to. Hit the brakes. He's staying put at two under par as uh, his moving day round from the Open Championship gets underway. How about a Corey Connors birdie that's in route and that slides by as well. So the uh, some of the names that are uh, within shouting distance, not particularly close just yet to Brian Harmon. They are uh, making their way on the course and uh, speaking of making their way onto the course or at least onto this program we've got mike steely joining us next to uh, to break down everything that he's seen so far in this major championship his uh, impressions of royal liverpool and well the the big question i think brian can mr Harmon hang on can he go win this thing let's hear from steel man next it's the gimme zone right here on the ref on moving day our number two, the Gimme Zone, we are back, and we're starting off with a bang. We welcome in, well, I, I think it's safe for us to say, our golfing expert right here on the rep. I, you know, shameless nod to uh, Brian and myself for hosting the Gimme Zone. We, we deserve some consideration, but I will officially tip the cap to our man, Mike Steely, who joins us for our uh, resident golf expert status. Mr. Steely, good morning. How are you?
1: I'm good. I'm good. We're seeing uh, some uh, early charges today. Well, not early for us, not really early over in, uh, you know, Hoylake at uh, Royal Liverpool, but John Rahm on fire today, five birdies on the backside, seven on the day. He's within five shots uh, of Brian Harmon now tied for second with uh, Tommy Fleetwood and Rory just birdied. That's his second birdie in three holes. Rory just knocked in about a six footer on three. So, Rory's making a little bit of a charge too. So what we need, what we need is Brian Harmon to shoot like a 74 today. We don't need Brian Harmon in the sixties again today. We certainly don't need a 65 and let's have some drama on Sunday, but John Rom's having a great round. Rory's playing well uh, through three holes. So hopefully this gets a lot more interesting than it has been already.
2: I think that's the, the big question to start Mike is, is this tournament over has is, do you have the faith that Brian Harmon is going to go win this thing?
1: No. No. I mean, we are look, he's played great, sixty-seven, sixty-five, ties the course record in round two. Uh, you know, we've seen Brian Harmon hang around uh, you know, every now and then. Uh he was in the in the running at Aaron Hills at the US Open in two thousand seventeen when Kepka won. He was actually uh, tied for six at the Open Championship last year at St. Andrews when, uh, when Cam Smith won. So he's kind of hung around a little bit, you know, left-hander out of the University of Georgia. He's a veteran now. He's been around 14 years on the tour. He's won twice on the tour. He won the John Deere, won the Wells Fargo. Um, but, no, I, you know, there's, there's a lot of different. When you're leading a major championship like this, you know the tre- the pressure only gets more difficult and the tension gets dialed up. So, look, he may go out and shoot you know 69 today and be at like 11 under par, but um, you know a lot depends on the conditions. You know he's teeing off at 3:30 local time over there, so the conditions always play a huge role over there. But you know he's played great so far. You got to give him props. Um, wouldn't be he doesn't move the needle hardly at all. Wouldn't be a great story, but you know, sixty-seven, sixty-five is pretty solid, but there's a lot of golf to be played. What
2: uh, what do you make of John Rahm, who is uh, seven under par so far today? Has been on absolute fire, and oh, by the way, he's got number eighteen, which uh, is uh, it was an eagle hole for our leader Brian Harmon yesterday. It's probably it's got to mm-hmm. be a birdie hole for John Rahm today. That, uh, Brian and I were kicking this around a little bit ago. Tommy Fleetwood's not necessarily the guy, right? That in the, the grouping with you, all, respect to, all due respect to Tommy Fleetwood. He's not McElroy. He's not Tiger Woods. He's not John Rahm. It's not scary. But again, John Rahm is kind of that guy. So, what, what, uh, what do you make of Rahm's round today, and what type of effect does that have on Harmon?
1: Well, I mean, John Rahm is in that conversation for best player in the world. There's no doubt about it. And uh, one of the guys earlier this year, he's got got kind of a long putt here on on 17. But, yeah, he could uh, very easily birdie 18 as well. We'll see what happens on this putt right here. But when he's breathing down your neck again, that major championship pressure gets dialed up. Good lag putt. They're not going to make the birdie. But still, um, yeah, absolutely, John Rahm. You know the thing about Rom—he's got five birdies on the back nine today, and uh, you know how Rom used to run really hot, man. When things weren't going his way, he would implode. Sometimes uh, he's gotten control of those emotions for the most part. Uh, that's helped him a lot. So, you know, if Rom is in with like three or four shots of the lead, then to me he's still got to be the favorite. You know, even if Harmon goes out and shoots sixty-nine, seventy today, if Rom can get in at six under and. And maybe Harmon stays at 10. Um, you know, 18 holes, a lot of golf when you've never won a major before. So things are getting interesting. Uh, things are getting a lot more interesting. You're right, the storylines. I mean, Tommy Fleetwood would clearly be a much more popular um, winner over there. But now Rob's tied him for second place. You know, Rory would be a great story. He hasn't won since Valhalla in the PGA. That's, uh, you know, that's nearly nine years ago, right? That was way back in 2014. So, you know, that would be a tremendous story. Jordan Speed, you know, has played pretty well. He's still got a shot, maybe. But, um, you know, Brian Harmon, I I don't know. I'm not saying it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be a popular victory. It wouldn't be as bad as when Stuart Sink beat Tom Watson down the stretch at Turnberry. (laughs) Uh, And Stuart Sink's a great guy, but still, you know, that was a very unpopular win. but. You know what I always hope for the majors is we get drama down the stretch. And the way Rom's playing now, Rory still has 15 holes left. He's hitting it well, putting well. I just want some drama tomorrow.
0: Hey, Mike, you hit on something uh, earlier when you talked about uh, Rom controlling his temper that used to kind of get the best of him. He made some comments after the first round that almost made me think he was near tilt again. But he seemingly Mm -hmm. has dialed that back in because he was so frustrated about too many fans and people walking in front of him, this and that, which I thought yeah, was
3: – playing with Rory was one,
0: Yeah. And so, you know, I like you want to see some drama, but the one thing I do like about the Open is that seemingly some guys that don't normally win majors can win the Open Championship. I, like you, think Stuart Sink was the most unpopular just because everybody wanted Tom Watson at his advanced age to win that tournament. But I do like the fact that the Open tends to lend itself to sometimes what we'd call one-hit wonders. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, and, and look, you know, you can get a couple bad bounces over there, and if you avoid uh, the pie bunkers and, and some of those really nasty bunkers, you can have a great week. I mean, you think about John Daly won there, right? Uh, you know, we remember when he won as an alternate at the PGA. But he comes back, he wins at St. Andrews. Who does he beat? Constantino Roca, right? I mean, you're talking about two unlikely guys. But yeah, it's just such a different. Brian, I'm sure you probably played over there. I haven't, but it's just such a different game over there. There's there's a lot more creative shot making. There's a lot more bump and run. You know, you you just have to be a lot more creative over there, too. But, you know, if you get a few bad breaks, you get in the wrong bunker in one of these courses, one of these links courses, and uh, your tournament could be over pretty quickly. But, yeah, Rob did seem to be – it seemed like the temperature gauge was moving up towards overheating there after that round. Where, and everybody gave him grief on social media. Yeah, you should, you know, play him with Rory, try playing with Tiger or Jack in his prime or whatever. But – you know, he's just that kind of guy. But for the most part, he's been able to compose himself and play good golf uh, recently, and that's why we've seen him win some majors now.
0: Uh, yeah, you know, we, we talked about, Josh and I talked about a little bit earlier, I don't know if you were, were listening or not, but the the fact that those different shots that you do have to hit at the open and the, that some of these higher-end resorts in the United States that have been built like Bannon Dunes and Whistling Straits kind of encompass that type of feel, For those of us that haven't gone over there, you can kind of get a little bit of that feel here. And I think that's for the, you know, golfer here in America that that can't always just get over the pond to some of these traditional courses. I think it's, you know, outstanding. And I, I, yesterday afternoon, I'm in in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. I played a course called the Tribute, and every hole is a tribute to an open championship hole. And so it was kind of fantastic given that we're in the middle of the Open Championship, to see these holes yeah. on their little American version. So they had to have the uh,
1: the 18th at St. Andrews, a replica, I'm sure.
0: It right? was number 18, imagine that.
1: There you go. There you go. But it's such a, uh, you know, you've had American players who've done very well over there. Obviously, Tom Watson is one of the greatest Open champions of all time. And it was so many years separating him from that potential. You remember the duel he had with Jack at Turnberry in uh, 1977? I mean, one of the great rounds by both those guys. Where They shoot like 65-66 in the final round. But everybody was hoping that Tom Watson was going to win. But it was, you know, just wasn't to be that day. But it's just a totally different brand of golf, you know. And I like seeing some of that because – You know, it's a lot of target golf, bomb and gouge, you know, hit the ball as long as far as you can, off the tee, and even if you're in the rough, gouge it out of there and still go make a birdie or at least have a great chance to make a par, even if you get in a little bit of trouble. Um, But there's just a lot more finesse, a lot more creative shot-making on these courses, and it's cool to see some of the shots these guys come up with.
2: I don't know if it's just the – Hey, you can watch golf at 3 a.m. factor if you want to, or bright and early in the morning for the leaders like we're broadcasting, doing the show right now, and you've got uh, folks that might win this golf tournament or have teed off, they're on the course. There's something about the Open Championship that I just, it's one of my favorite majors. I don't know if it's number one. I don't know if I can pinpoint what my depth chart looks like in major championships, but I love the Open Championship. I think this week's been great so far. Just your general impressions. What, uh, what do you make of how Royal Liverpool has played? I know folks earlier this year weren't particularly pleased with Los Angeles Country Club. I, th- I mean, I get the impression that, generally speaking, most people are happy with how this week has played out. But uh, how do you feel about it?
1: You know, overall, it's been all right. It's been good uh, inbounds, out of bounds, some of that stuff. I know there's been some talk about 17, that it's it's a little bit of a, um, oh, I don't know, but one of the, who was it who said that it was a dangerous hole that could end the golfer's careers because of the setup and the bunkering and everything. Rory just made, just missed a birdie putt on four, but he's still two under on the day. But, I, you know, I think it's been fine. This is a course that's produced some really good, you know, Major champions there. Uh, back in the old days, you had Walter Hagen and Bobby Jones. I mean, two iconic players. Modern era, we got Tiger, we got Rory here in 2014 when Rory was rolling. And, you know, he won, uh, won at Royal Liverpool. And then, um, of course, he won his last major in that same calendar year at, uh, at Valhalla in the PGA. And Tiger, of course, when he won, he was so emotional, you know, and, what was his uh, major after his dad had passed. And, you know, he, he went out and played pretty much in iron throughout the entire 72-hole layout. And uh, Stevie Williams was still with him. I still One of my favorite Tiger stories in that victory he had um, when Tiger won at, at Hoy Lake and Royal Liverpool. Uh, he played, was it the last round? I think it was the last round where he played with Sergio in the final grouping. And Sergio was wearing all yellow. I mean, from head to toe, all yellow. It was super bright. And uh, Tiger had remarked to uh, some of his buddies after he, of course, dominated that final round and won the Claret Chug, did you see me kick that canary's ass out there today?
0: Because
1: that's what Sergio looked like.
0: That was (laughs) a great comment, Mike. I mean, Sergio (laughs) had his football gear on, right? Um, And Tiger called him out for it. Hey, as we look at the guys that are chasing, and let's just leave John Rahm out of this and Fleetwood out of it, let's look a little further down the leaderboard. Obviously, you're a fan of Rory's. Do you think a Cam Young or a Jason Day can get themselves into contention?
1: You know, so much of that depends on what happens with Harmon today. You know, if he goes out and shoots 68, probably not. If he goes out and shoots 73, yes. Jason Day uh, just got underway. And, uh, you know, Day would be a pretty popular uh, pick. He's, what, he's three under. I believe he's seven back. Uh, Victor Hoblins had a, a decent day. He's got it to 200 par. Uh, Jordan Spieth is even on the day. He's at 200 par. Ricky played really well today. Ricky uh, had a four under round of 67, so he came back, played well. He's at one under. But so much of it depends on how Brian Harmon plays today. You know, if he comes back to the pack and, and shoots 74, you know, a lot of these guys are right back in the ball game if they play well today with a chance to win. But so much of that depends on on uh, Harmon. But, yeah, you could look at guys like Corey Connors, Jason Day, Cam Young. Maybe, as you said, he's three under. Rory's now three under. Uh, maybe a Jordan Spieth at two under. Maybe even if, uh, you know uh, – Harmon has a really, really, really bad day. You look at a guy like Ricky Fowler or Xander Shoffley or Patrick Cantlay or Cameron Smith even still being in this thing. Just A lot depends on the leader today.
2: Agreed. I think that's uh, no doubt the the biggest factor at play here. I mean, when you've got a, a five-shot lead, right, and the last eight uh, – Folks to have five shots or greater leads in major championships, converted those, yeah, it, it all depends on what goes on with Harmon. So with that, uh, we we say adios with one final comment. Steelman, who you got? Call your shot. Who's winning this thing? Um, let's
1: go. I don't know. I just don't see Brian Harmon closing this out, and you just threw out the stat that says he's going to win. But I think it's going to be John Rom. Now, if, watch him go out and double uh, 18. Now, you know, after this incredible round, but I'm gonna I'm gonna put uh, John Rom in there to win the Claret Jug tomorrow. So, like I said, though, you know what? If Harmon struggles today, and like I said, I'd love to see him shoot 73, 74, maybe even higher than that, because then all of a sudden this this uh, tournament, which kind of looks like, man, all right, we may be in for a snooze fest tomorrow. Uh, then it turns into potentially what could be a great fourth round tomorrow. But I'll throw John Rahm out there.
2: Well, and uh, then all of a sudden we're talking about John Rahm for next year. He's he's if that happens, he bookends the majors this year. And yeah. oh, by the way, is one PGA Championship away from the uh, career Grand Slam, which would be uh, kind of a wild storyline. Still, man, hey, thanks for taking some time out for us and uh, enjoy the golf and enjoy your weekend.
1: Appreciate you guys. Have fun.
2: That is Mike Steely. Taking a timeout, rolling along. It's the Gimme Zone on the Ref. We'll keep uh, keep diving into this thing as John Rom, uh, his championship pick, which I think is a, a pretty good looking pick right now, is uh, on 18 as we speak, and uh, he is tied for second at the moment. Taking a timeout. It's the Gimme Zone. Back with you in uh, just a second, right here on the Ref with you live on a saturday moving day morning it's the gimme zone right here on the ref josh elmer alongside brian vineyard big thank you to mike steely always fun to uh hear from Steelman during a major championship and uh, right now he's putting uh putting his hopes on john rom to go win this championship which again right now is looking uh, pretty smart meanwhile rory mcelroy is on hole number five. It's a par five. He's, let's see, he's already two under for the day, and he's safely aboard the par five in two. So he's got an eagle putt upcoming, and uh, probably you would think uh, at, at worst is going to make birdie. So a lot of these big names are making noise early. And again, everything keeps coming back to, is Brian Harmon going to play well? And if if he does, okay, well then, Maybe he's just far enough out in front that it doesn't matter what these other guys are doing. But if uh, if he shoots a couple of strokes over, oh my goodness! I mean, there's so many guys that are in the mix. Jason Day, by the way, just got underway and he has birdied his first hole, so a nice start, Brian, for Jason Day.
0: Josh, you had a stat earlier about the eight guys that had a five-shot lead winning the tournament right after 36 holes.
2: Each of the last uh, a- each of the last eight over the 40. 40- Years in major championships, the last 40 years in major championships. Each that have led by five or more have won.
0: I get that. I would love for you to peruse to the very bottom of those who made the cut and tell me who is in dead last.
2: Let me see here, and I can tell you in just one moment who is in dead last. Oh, that would be uh, the amateur. That was a uh, leader. First round leader. <laughs> yeah.
0: First round leader. The guy was leading so, this it, thing. Yeah, the guy that Toby had to slide into one of the picks available because he wasn't – Toby slides him in and, you know, lo and behold, he backs up. So to say that you can't back up, you know, with a a lead is, I I think, a bit naive, and I think it goes back to what we discussed earlier. It's the quality of those guys that have that five-shot lead. And by the quality, I mean we're talking about World Golf Hall of Fame caliber golfers versus a Rocco media or one of those types of guys. And so I think early on, it looks like the front nine's played pretty easy. There seems to be a lot of people making birdies. If Harmon doesn't get off to a good start, I think it get dicey.
2: Yeah, because that back nine's definitely more difficult, huh?
0: Well, there's just, there's a few more opportunities to get yourself into trouble. And, you know, even like the little, Number 17, it's diabolical hole. I mean, I love it. I mean, from a, you know, design perspective, you know, which is, you know, what those of us, you know, that are Golf Digest panelists evaluate, it's a great hole. Length is not the only factor in determining a great hole, which unfortunately, I think a lot of these architects believe today, you know, I think it's great design work to have, and they just redesigned that hole, by the way, is to make it a shorter hole where it puts you in between clubs, which is what that 120-yard it does for most of these guys, and puts such a premium on hitting like a 30-foot radius so it doesn't run off one of the sides right into one of those pot bunkers. So, you, you know, I think coming down the stretch, there's some opportunities for birdies, but there's also opportunities to make a big number. You know, 18's got the OB, and, and there's been several good players find that OB earlier this week.
2: Here comes uh, Brian Harmon, and here comes Tommy Fleetwood. The final pairing. They are making their way to the tee box as we speak. So they're about to get underway, and that'll mean everybody is on the course uh, for moving day, and we'll finally start to get answers on: Is he actually? Is he is he too far out in front, or is Brian Harmon? You know, you almost feel bad <laughs> because you want to see drama, right? You want to see John Rahm and Day and and Rory and all these big names, and Fleetwood, everybody duking it out tomorrow on Sunday. I almost feel bad because I am rooting for Calamity here, Brian.
0: Yeah, it's, if you're Brian Harmon, you got to feel like everybody out there is rooting against you because if they're not rooting for Fleetwood, they're rooting for you to bring the field back into play, right? So, <laughs> No doubt. You know, it's kind of Brian Harmon versus the world right now.
2: A birdie look for Rom. He left himself plenty of meat on the bone, but he has sunk it. Birdie on 18, so Rom has carded a 63. He is into the clubhouse. He's headed to the final day, and he is 6 under par for the championship. Uh, I'll be uh, honest, after his chip from off the green, I didn't think he was making birdie at 18, but he did. So let's see. His card. Let me pull it up here. They just had Eight it on birdies,
0: no bogeys.
2: Oh my goodness. And uh that that's right. He had a stretch of four consecutive birdies holes nine, ten, eleven, and twelve. And then he birdies fifteen, sixteen, and uh birdies eighteen. He also had a birdie on five. So he what had six birdies? Yeah, he shot thirty on the the back nine. So scorching hot for John Rom, which again we said the back nine's probably more treacherous Brian
0: it's got some opportunities they also if you keep it in play you can you can make some birdies but you know i not to dissteel man because he's he's a wealth of knowledge about golf but the hardest thing to do in golf is to go low two days in a row and that i mean if you look how rarely that happens in especially a major That's why I think it's going to be really hard for Rom to close this thing out unless everybody backs way up today and he ends up being in the lead or one or two back. So I think having to go low two days in a row is so tough that even arguably one of the world's best three golfers, it's going to be a real challenge for him tomorrow. So we'll see. You know, maybe for him the best thing is inclement weather tomorrow where I you know, if you can go out and grind out a one or two under um, and win the tournament, maybe that's best-case scenario. And, again,
2: what happens with Brian Harmon today? If he's two, three, I mean two over now, and all of a sudden John Rahm's two shots off the lead, right? And potentially in the final pairing with him tomorrow, uh, dependent upon, obviously, what happens with Fleetwood and Jason Day and mcelroy has got a bunch of holes here to play. So there's plenty of names that – Jordan Spieth right four under uh, the rest of the way and all of a sudden he's tied with that number with John Rom but there's uh, if if Harmon's over par a couple of strats over par it just drastically changes everything for tomorrow and all of a sudden you got John Rom and potentially plenty of other heavy hitters breathing down your neck John Rom if he wins this thing What does it mean for the world of golf and best storylines? I don't know that we've, uh, you or I, really shared our opinion on what the best storylines would be uh, for this Open Championship. we got a half hour left. Still time for you to uh, jump in here with us if you want to. 405-329-9000. That is the Riverwind Casino Jackpot Line and uh, the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet Text Line. It's yours as well. 405-651-3439-ATO. And we're back. The leaders, by the way, teeing off as we speak. It's the Gimme Zone on The Rev. How I get in Fleetwood approach here before on number one from in the fairway. Let's see. It's in flight.
4: You and not too shabby.
2: Up aboard the green uh, back portion of it. I'd say maybe 15 feet or so for birdie i i think brian harman missed the green to uh start on number one so it's already begun baby the blow-up day has begun i'm sorry brian harman i'm sorry i don't i i can't help it we we just need some drama on sunday you can go win tomorrow but we need you to come back to the pack a little bit today uh, teased it before the break welcome back everybody it's the gimme zone right here on the ref John Rahm, if he goes and wins this thing, let's just play the hypotheticals. And I, I don't disagree with what you said, right? It's uh, the idea that John Rom's going to go shoot 63 again tomorrow or even 65, 66. It's tough to do in the game of golf to have two rounds like that in a row in a major championship. And it might take that based on where the board is at for him to go win this thing right now. But let's just play the hypotheticals. He goes out and wins whatever it takes. What does it mean for golf?
0: Well, I think what it means is, you know, you've got three or four guys that are really starting to set themselves apart from everybody else, which is nothing new. But I think what it also tells the world is that John Rahm can win on lots of different types of courses, which, uh, you know, all great players can do that. And so you go from good to great once you prove you can win all different types of golf courses. So I, I think that, but, you know, to, you know, the bigger stories out there, that I think, you know, we should talk about is Tommy Fleetwood and what this means to the English folks if he wins. And what would it mean if Brian Harmon can hang on and win this thing? Even if we have a tight race tomorrow, I I think it would mean a lot for golf. And and I've kind of become a fan of his. I'm not going to lie, even though, you know, I would like for him to shoot 73 today and bring a lot of people back and then just go win tomorrow. Yeah,
2: yeah, I I, I don't find myself – Rooting against Harmon winning the tournament, I, I find myself rooting for some intrigue for tomorrow. Yeah, I think he's I think he's a likable guy, and he's uh, somebody that again, you said it off the top, Brian. I agree with you. Brian Harmon is not a surprising name if you watch golf week in and week out. He's not a surprising name in the sense that he's he's had a really good season.
0: Correct. And I think it's, you know, I think he's just carrying on that season. Just ball striking-wise, he's got a great ball flight, like I mentioned earlier for this golf course, which I think lends himself to be able to get it around. How he's putted fabulously, and it's really hard to putt great four rounds in a row. So we'll see how that comes on because he's had some chips that weren't great, and the putting has built him out. So we'll see. Like you said, he missed the green on number one, Correct. He, he did, and
2: he is, as we speak, about to chip from the the rough uh, onto the green. He's got a lot of green to work with, so that should help him here. And this chip is away. It looks like a good one. Rolling past a little bit. So he's got, I don't know, let's call it eight feet for par. So he's going to have to earn this par on one. But uh, obviously, d- doesn't look like total disaster for him. And the good news for him is he's got himself a little bit of breathing room, right? To where, as long as he doesn't totally implode, he can have a bogey or two here, even early on, to settle the nerves. As long as he can go get a birdie to uh, to offset a bogey or two. No, you're
0: right, Josh. And the nice thing is he he's been able to sit in there and look at the scoreboard and see this is probably the best scoring round of the tournament so far. So he can see that there are good scores out there, and that even if he has a bogey or even a double on a hole, there's still a lot of birdieable holes if you just hit a quality golf shot.
2: Jason Day, don't look now. Birdie, birdie start and he is 5 under par. Uh, back to the the John Rahm, he wins and all of a sudden, you know, he would told you this earlier, he would book in the majors this season. He would have won the Masters, would have won the Open Championship, and uh, of course he has a, a his first major championship was a US Open to his name. That would put him one PGA championship away. Brian, from being a, a, a Grand Slam winner, right, from having won all of the majors. And I think your point is apropos, it almost feels like, to me, you know, the PGA Championship, I think that's kind of the one that you throw away, right? The, the Masters, that's, uh, okay, well, you figured out how to win it an iconic course you figured out because a lot of times it's okay. It takes a little while, right? To know the nooks and crannies of Augusta national, how to approach different pieces of the course. It takes that knowledge to go in there. The U S open is okay. You've survived arguably the, the most challenging, most grueling test in golf. And then the open championship is okay. Well now you've shown us you can win in links golf. So you kind of get, if you win all of those three, I think it checks the boxes that, Hey, you can win everywhere. And the PGA championship to me is just a crap shoot. Brian, there's nothing defining typically about a PGA championship. It could be any of those characteristics. So if Brian, if, uh, if John Rahm wins this thing, takes it away from Brian Harmon, then to me, basically what you said is exactly right. Uh, John Rahm would have shown us that he can win any golf tournament.
0: No, you're correct, Josh. And You know, I think that, and Mike brought this up, his temper would get the best of him when he was early on the tour. And I think he's learned to deal with that and and handle some setbacks on the course within a round much better, whereas before he was very Henrik Stenson-like, you know, where he'd break a club or blow up, and and then the round would go to hell in a handbasket. But I feel like he has matured, and that's scary because he's got – the incredible game the question for me is in all this shakeout let's say he wins the open championship like mike uh projected does he stay on the pga tour or does he jump to live
2: i don't know uh i mean it feels like there's some there's some out there that think there's some smoke that he could be thinking about joining uh joining the live tour and you know frankly, it's probably easier to do now than it was beforehand with just the merger and everything going on. I think he's going to stick with the the PGA tour until, until proven otherwise, I think he's sticking.
0: I would have said the opposite a week ago, and then he made some comments this week that made me think he's going to stick to, uh, I, I don't know if it was kind of wishful thinking by some, some live proponents that he was going to be the next to jump, but, Boy, if he did, you could have a domino effect, right?
2: Oh, my goodness. And, you know, to me, the other piece of the puzzle, if Rom wins this thing, it would be the first time in his career that he's won multiple major championships in a season. And, you know, the greats do that, right? They're so good that they win multiple majors in a calendar year because they're just better than everybody else. So, to me, this would so firmly entrenched John Rahm as the next great name. And I told you earlier this year that I think he's already tracking that way, but if he wins this thing, it's just more firepower in that regard. So then all of that encompassed into what does it mean for Liv? Well, to me, it means that all of a sudden, Liv Golf, if he jumps, they've got the best golfer in the world.
0: Well, there's, I, I think you would be hard to argue against that, and that's a great comment you made, Josh, is that the greats can put on two majors in a year. If you look back throughout the history of the game of golf, it's happened many, many times with the greats. And the, and the difference about the great players is when they have their A game, their A game is better than anybody else's A game. And like many have argued that Tiger's B-plus game was better than anybody's A-plus game when he was in his prime. So that, to me, is what separates – the good from the great. The great have that ability to take it up a whole nother notch. Watching
2: here, Harmon, by the way, has uh, bogeyed one. So he is now nine under for the championship. Fleetwood safely a par and uh, off the tee box. He's into the fairway on two. So all of a sudden, a though it's early, just a three-shot lead for Harmon over Rahm four clear of day and Fleetwood, and now just, uh, five clear of McElroy. So we'll see what happens with Harmon. Again, he's built himself a cushion here to where he can afford a bogey or two really just in general today. But, uh, you know, if he combines it with a birdie, then you, you know, you just totally offset it. He just can't totally blow up today. So, but he's, uh, not off to the perfect start. The, uh, best storylines what are they in this major championship we got one final segment with you this morning we'll share some of our thoughts on that and then uh, we have to make picks as this is evolving in front of us who is winning at royal liverpool we'll share our final picks with you next it's the gimme zone back in just a moment to close things up on a moving day in 2023 on the ref right after this (laughs) One final time, we're back on a major championship moving day in 2023. It is the Open Championship from Royal Liverpool. They call it Hoyleg. Josh Elmer alongside Brian Vineyard. Before we share best storylines that could happen today and tomorrow, and before we, of course, make final picks to win this thing, I've got one one last question for you, Brian. With the knowledge that we've shared this morning that each of the past eight in uh, major championships over the last 40 years have converted when they've led by five strokes or more. So 36-hole leaders over the last 40 years that have led by five strokes or more, every single one, without running down the list again, all eight of them have won. That's the situation for Brian Harmon. He's bogeyed one. Is this a collapse if Harmon doesn't convert?
0: Five-shot lead, yes. As easy as the course is playing, I would say absolutely it would be regarded as a collapse. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be Jean Vandebel collapse, but it would be a collapse. Um, and I think he would view it as a massive disappointment himself. I think he, he has to believe right now he's going to win this golf tournament. Now, he's put a little doubt in his mind with a bogey on one, you know, so we'll see how he responds to that first bit of adversity because a lot of times that tells you everything. If he comes out and gets another bogey or two without making a birdie, look out. It's probably, the you know, the fall apart's probably happening. He
2: and Fleetwood, Harmon and Fleetwood, uh, both with birdie looks, by the way, on number two. So he could bounce right back, and uh, they, they actually they just – Shifted to it live, so let's uh, let's follow along here. Here's the the birdie look for Harmon.
1: It led the field in strokes gained putting through two days. He was also second in. And
2: that, uh, <laughs> well, so much for the play-by-play. Woefully short on uh, the the birdie putt there. So that to me, I don't know, is a, a great sign either. A lot of times they say if you're leaving putts short, it's not typically a good sign, right?
0: Well, usually foul-ups in your short game, you know, chips that, that take, you know, a lot of calm and in and your hands and, and putting where you're leaving it short is usually a bad sign of nerves when you lose your speed on putting, especially when he's putted as well as he, as he has so far through 36 holes. So I would say he's probably thinking a lot about it right now and, He needs to get out of his own head really quickly or this is going to go sideways.
2: And he said, you know, hey, when I led the U.S. Open after 54, that would have been uh, in 17 when Kepka wound up winning it. He uh, he said, you know, I just thought too much about it. My, My focus is sleeping and eating right, and it's just golf. Well, right now he doesn't look like somebody that's practicing uh, what he was preaching in the uh, press conference yesterday. But it's early, and he's bogeyed one, and he's parred the second. And uh, Fleetwood, by the way, just rolled in for birdie, so now he is at six under par. Okay, uh, best storylines this weekend. What uh, What's your short list?
0: Well, Tommy Fleetwood's the easy one. Um, I would say a comeback win by either John Rahm or... Jason Day would be outstanding storyline. I know Rory could still get it done, but I just can't root for that. So how about yours?
2: Number one is Fleetwood wins at home. It's got to be, right? It captures the first major, first Englishman to win a major championship in England in 54 years. So that that's number one. That's top of the board. It wouldn't be my personal favorite, but I think that's the best storyline. I don't know that it's the greatest for golf, but that's the best storyline. Number two for me is Rory rallies kind of similar story to Fleetwood winning at home, but, uh, but it's Rory. Finally, nine years later, he, he, he gets a major championship. And then uh, this would not be in the realm of likely for me, but I think the third best story is Fowler goes crazy and wins tomorrow, right? Shoots four under today. And if Fowler goes out and does what Rom did today, tomorrow and the weather kicks up, well, okay. It's, It's very, very unlikely, but that would be a tremendous story to cap a year where it's been a resurgent season for Fowler. I think similar to that right after that would be Day uh, is all the way back with a major championship, and then uh, I've got Rom rises to greatness, and at the very bottom of all of that is Harmon holds everybody off. So, I mean, to me, that's the the bottom of the storylines. Sorry uh, to Brian Harmon, but I just don't think it's the most interesting of all the storylines that are out there.
0: Oh, you kind of left off. Um, I'm going to butcher his name. Is Nikolai? Huh? You <laughs> yes. Left that one
2: off. Sorry about that I'm one. Gonna leave,
0: I'm not even going to try that last name. I, I've never heard of that guy before, but I'm sure, he's a fantastic golfer. Um, do you think Seb Straka could could make a run? Sure,
2: I, I think any of these guys that are close right now have uh, have a chance. The way things are going, and it's early, but watching the first couple of holes were not altogether inspiring for Harmon through two holes, I think that he's going the other direction right now, Brian. So I think everybody's in it. And another name I think that's right there in it is Cam Young, who, by the way, is two under par and four shots uh, under for the championship. Okay, time to make picks. Who you got winning this thing?
0: Oh, you're going to make me go first. So you're putting me on the spot. I I would love to see Rom win it. I don't think it's going to happen. I'm going to say Tommy Fleetwood gets you that.
2: Would love to see it. Uh, Would love to see it. I think John Rahm's winning it. I'm convinced after what we saw today, I think he's the best golfer in the world. And I think he's just close enough to where even if it's Harmon at right where he's at right now, nine under, eight under, or if he keeps coming back to the pack, I just think that that firepower is too much for Brian Harmon to uh, stand up to. And I think John Rahm, by the uh, end of this major championship season and the end of this open championship is going to stake his claim to the best golfer in the world of golf right now in 2023. So I think that's where we're headed, uh, though there's plenty of interesting storylines out there. We'll have one. You know, I can't
0: disagree with you, Josh. I can't disagree. I like that pick. Um, and, hey, just a quick shout-out to all of our sponsors for sponsoring, you know, KREF and KREF's growth. I want to give a special thanks to our newest sponsor, Bronx. How about that?
2: Wow. Uh, that's that's a big league right there. Hey, yes, thank you to all of our great sponsors, Brian. Uh, thank you to you, and thanks to Mike Steely. Until next time, that's it for us. We'll have a one final major champion to talk about next week. But uh, that's it for the Gimme Zone, everybody. Enjoy the golf. Enjoy your weekend. So long, everybody.